Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Second Corinthians 12, if you want to turn there, I'll give you a minute just to do that, but I think we've got it up on the screen anyway. Second Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 5 to 10 in the New Living Translation. And it says, uh, and Paul was uh, talking actually about his, uh, his great exploits and his, his thorn in the flesh and struggling through some stuff. And then he says, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will only boast about my weakness. There's a herb and spice of the kingdom. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I'd be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Say weakness. Other versions say, my power is perfected in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the antithesis of today's modern world's message, isn't it? It's the complete opposite. The world's message is today, you've got to get powerful, you've got to get strong, you've got to get successful, you've got to get a better image, you've got to get more popular, you've got to get more money, you've got to get everything that's around you, then you'll be happy. And then you get all that and you're going to need more. There's a never-ending carrot being dangled in front of us from Satan. And he, and he hangs it out in front of us in, in humanity. And he says, you need more. You need more. You need more. Then you'll find happiness. You need to be more. Then you'll find happiness. And it never ends. It never ends. Ever notice that? Maybe 10 years ago, you said, oh, if only I could get a house. And now you've got a house. And, you know, you're in a house, you love it, but it didn't bring that incredible breakthrough that you thought it might. Or maybe it's the new car. New car, don't you love that new car smell? It's amazing, isn't it? It doesn't last long enough, does it? And the fragrance thing doesn't quite work with new car. It's not quite the same. But you jump in a new car, you smell it, and a week later it's gone. Now it smells like the dog. (laughs) And you're back to normal living again. It's died. It's so superficial. The world is so superficial. None of those things are going to actually be the secret herbs and spices to bring joy and to bring fulfillment and to bring breakthrough and to bring a life that's fulfilled and victorious. We're all looking for it. And I want to share with you today that I actually think your weakness is the key. Your weakness is the key. It's not really a popular message, is it? And this one I'm not YouTubing, okay? Because this won't get very many likes. It won't be very popular. But our weak, this is what Paul's saying, that actually something that we don't cherish is a key to the kingdom breakthrough. It's, it's a powerhouse. In fact, in that final 
couple of verses there, he says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and insults. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Because Christ's power is perfected in your weakness. In that very area of our lives that we think we're just, we're horrible and we're terrible. I'm not talking about our sin. I'm talking about our weakness. There's a difference. It can, they can flow over together, but God's goodness leads us to repentance. So even in our weakness, we can face His goodness through repentance and come away from sin. We can still be weak and broken and maybe have a limp. And we can actually live a life that's, that's a little bit in humility. And I think that's what Paul's touching on here is areas of humility and brokenness in spirit. So we're not so proud and full of ourselves that we can achieve everything. But in our weakness, we rely on Christ and we rely on the power of God. And His power is perfected when we humble ourselves and when we say, I need you, Jesus. I can't do it anymore. This world is crazy. I don't even know what to believe. I don't know who to believe. But trust in Christ. Trust in His power because His power is perfected in our weakness. That very area of our lives where sometimes maybe we, we look at it and we say, oh, I can't do that. I can't speak like that. I can't share like those other people. Or I can't even believe for my life like that. If we do it in a humility that's not just a, self-abasement, but it's actually a godly humility. That's the area where Christ's power is perfected in you. So rather than looking at it and saying, oh, I'm, I'm weak and I don't know how to do this stuff, look at it and say, in these areas of my life where I am weak, Christ's power is being perfected. If you don't have faith to see through to the next challenge or see through to the next season, Christ's power is wanting to be made perfect in your situation right now, in your life right now. If you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have worries and cares, Christ's power is made perfect in your life in those areas. But we have to rely on Him. We don't rely on ourselves. Paul actually goes so far as to say, that's why I take pleasure in weaknesses, in His weaknesses, and in the insults. Now, this is not an easy thing. Take pleasure in insults. I don't know about you, but I wasn't... Okay, I better be careful here. Okay. It's not, it's not human nature to just, when someone insults you, just, I take pleasure in that insult. I take pleasure in that insult. That's awesome. Bring it on. Bring it on. It's not the way we've been brought up, is it? I don't know about you. Maybe you did live in a perfect home. I didn't. And so naturally, especially if you're at Footy Park or Adelaide Oval and there's Port Barracas there, that's not the reaction you give, you know. Hey, bring it on, Port Barracas. Yeah, just bring on the abuse. It's gone quiet in here. There must be a lot of Port Power fans in here this morning. I know we're changing seasons, but he takes pleasure in the insults in the insults, in the hardships. So much of today's Christian living is trying to band-aid us and shelter us from being hurt, from not having enough, from not looking good enough, from not being successful. It's, it's trying to make out that that's the thing that actually brings godliness when it doesn't. Paul's saying here, actually, your weakness does. Your weakness does. 
It's your humility. It's your brokenness. It's your yieldedness to Christ. That's where His power wants to flow. I had a bit of revelation reading this this week, and particularly this morning, I was just rereading this. And I actually thought to myself, this is exactly why the power of God moves so easily and prevalently in developing nations through the broken and the poor and the needy and the sick. Because His power is perfected in weakness. His power and His presence is manifested and released in a demonstrative way in weakness. And there's a lot of weakness and need in India and Asia Africa, all over the world, in broken nations. There's brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. Nowhere else to go. They can't go to Centrelink. They can't go to, you know, other methods that we have available to us. And we bless those methods. We thank the Lord for that. But His power loves to flow in weakness. So there's a key here, not in beating ourselves up and sort of getting... um, into an attitude where we just try to be broken and we try almost falsely to be people who are, who are hurting and dying and needy because the truth is God has blessed us in our nation. He's blessed us in Adelaide to have the freedom, but there's a brokenness and a weakness of spirit that He loves, that His power flows through. And I think this is a key to humility, but it's a key to finding the Father heart of God to finding the Father heart of God. Because if we're always trying so hard, we tend to have a performance-driven mentality. We're trying to perform, to be be better ourselves, for more people to like us, to finally be accepted into culture. When actually, the Father's never asking us to be accepted into culture. He said, they're going to hate you. They're going to abuse you. They're not going to understand you. They're actually going to be so confused by what you're saying. But in your weakness, my power will be perfected. So if people are misunderstanding you because you're making a stand for Jesus, then good. You're actually doing something right. And God's power is being perfected in your life. I know it's, it's funny at times when you share with other people and I do this sometimes at the gym or, you know, in places where I feel like it's appropriate. And, um, you know, like when guys are working out and they can't really respond too much, you can get a few words in there. But, um, or on the treadmill, you know, and everyone's so tired, you can just sort of say a few words to them, but, um, or not. But it, it, it feels kind of weird sometimes. You know that weird feeling? That's weakness. It's good. His power is being perfected. Do you know what? It doesn't matter if they respond. It doesn't matter if they come to know Jesus or fall on their face. Or I always used to put, put up the scale of Smith Wigglesworth. And unless people on the train are falling on their faces in conviction of sin, just in my presence, then I'm not holy enough. <laughs> Ever put up a benchmark like that over your life? Karen and I spent literally five or ten years just reading every single revivalist we could possibly find. And, you know, we've always had this sermon of Charles Finney. I don't know if you know Charles Finney. Charles Finney, strange-looking guy, stern. I mean, mean-looking dude. I would probably repent in his services. Anyway, he preaches this sermon called Innocent Amusements. Innocent Amusements. And we've quoted it to ourselves over the years, and we're like, oh, man, you know, that dude was harsh. He was harsh. He preaches against dancing. 
He preaches against innocent amusements that we in modern society have succumbed to. And, but he's in a move of God where God's holiness was really manifested in a powerful, powerful way. And so we've often looked at this, and, oh man, you know, is that an innocent amusement? And, and sometimes you can take things out of context and put comparisons of other people onto your situation and you can feel condemned. God doesn't want to bring condemnation. He wants to bring freedom. He wants to bring freedom. So if you're a dancer, you can dance. It's okay, all right? Thank you. Well, it'd be a little strange because Friday night I saw a thousand young people all dancing. So, you know. Do you know what I mean? We can set benchmarks where it's just like, oh, I have to be doing that. Then I'll be holy. No. In your weakness, His power is perfected. In your weakness. God's sovereignty is one of those things that no one can get their hands on. No one can get their head around the sovereignty of God. Disputes all over the world on the internet. If you look at, is He sovereign? Or is, you know, a different ideologies, theologies and beliefs and statements and quoting scriptures here, there and everywhere. And I've given up. I've given up. I just know that I believe he's completely in control and he understands humanity better than anyone else. And he understands what we can't understand. He's in full control, but somehow he gives us freedom here on earth to an extent. And I want to give you an example of that. We have a beautiful Australian shepherd dog and and we love him. He's our fourth child. And his name's Buddy. And so Buddy's one year old now and um, he's half trained. And anyway, so Buddy, Buddy is full of energy. He needs to run, like seriously run every day, a long way. And uh, so we, we have our property and, uh, and Buddy has an area that, you know, when we're trying to train him, we're saying, okay, you know, trying to teach him to stay in our areas, stay in, around the house and in our region. Uh, but Buddy likes to run. And so he gets very tempted to go. There's two little yappy dogs up the road. And so he goes and discovers them and, and goes next door. And he's, he's all over the place. And we're trying to bring him into this. We're trying to show him, no, it's going to be safer here. It's going to be better here. You can have as much freedom as you want as long as you stay around the house and training, training, training and a lot of dog treats, you know, thousands of dog treats later. And, but he still, he still ends up going exploring. And so we've got this quarantine area now at six foot high fencing and we call it jail. And Buddy goes to jail if he, if he has, you know, run a couple of kilometres away. Buddy is in jail and he's there right now probably swearing and cursing about us when we're not around. Who knows what he's thinking right now, you know. But he's in jail. The reason he's in jail is because he didn't know how to use freedom. And we're like this in the kingdom. Sometimes we quarantine ourselves. I don't even know if God quarantines us. Maybe he does. You can put your doctrine around that a hundred times. And look at it any which way. But sometimes either we or him quarantines us for our own good because he knows we need it 
and we don't know what we're doing otherwise. And so we get quarantined in the kingdom because we don't know how to handle the freedom that God's given us sovereignly. And he, he says, you have choices. You have choices. You have ways you can spend your money. You have ways you can spend your time. You have ways you can spend your body. You have ways you can spend your mind and your creativity and your gifts and your talents. What are you going to do with all that freedom? Because you can do anything you like. You can do whatever you like. But sometimes we go off track and we do it our way and we end up quarantined in jail and we're sort of mumbling and grumbling in jail. That's what Buddy's doing right now. Oh, you know, mum and dad, they've left me here. I've got to be in here for a whole day. All I was doing is chasing the dogs next door. They were tempting me. They're yapping away. They're tempting me. It's their fault. It's them. And the yard's not even big enough for me anyway. And the fencing's not good enough to keep me in. See, it's everyone else. It's everyone else. We always see the issues with everyone else. Oh, they didn't do it right. The system's not right. The structure's not right. The church isn't right. The leadership's not right. Oh, they, 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 they. When will we finally take responsibility for our own lives and our own sin and our own weakness and crucify it with Christ and say, Lord, in your weakness, I'm going to finally be strong. I'm going to forget about all the other stuff. Forget about blaming, 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 blaming. You know, I'm telling you, if, if we can get this and as a church and as a community, as Christians, stop blaming anyone else, pointing the finger at anyone else or trying to push blame and say, oh, you haven't done that for me or you're not good enough or you're not providing that service for me. Hang on. The kingdom of God is not like Centrelink where we just rock up on the queue and there's an entitlement and there's an entitlement where I need this, I need this. No, it's not. Everyone's in the family and got something to do. Everyone's in the family. So if something's not going right, look within. Look within. And if you feel like you're in jail, there might be a reason for it. There might be a reason for it. And you might be mumbling and grumbling, just like Buddy right now. You might be gorgeous. He's amazing. He'd, we'd give him anything if it were just on his fluffiness and his cuteness. And that's what God the Father wants to do. He wants to bring his affection. He wants to bring his affection, but sometimes he has to give it to us in a quarantined environment when actually he really wants to open the gates and say, you're free. I want to trust you with more talents. Go and invest them wisely. Go and invest your lives wisely. Pray wisely. Share wisely. Talk wisely. Don't talk wisely. Do everything wisely. And then I want to give you more. I want to give you more land. I want to give you more territory. I want to stretch forth your tent pegs so that you can actually do kingdom exploits that you never believed. I want to finish with this. And that's a verse in Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3. 20. And it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we may ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now we've just stated that the power that works within us works best in weakness. So we know that weakness is a key to the power of God. Weakness, humility, submission before the Lord, reliance on Him. See, in our weakness comes uh, uh, overemphasis on our need and our reliance for God. And, our, and I'm not saying we just have to go around like paupers saying, I can't do anything, I can't do anything. It's, it's all him, it's all him. You know, if he does it, he does it. No, it's actually having a focus and a submission to our, to our commander, our commander. And I know some people might think, oh, that's a strange way to describe him, but he's our loving commander. 
He's our loving commander. And when we have uh, an awareness of our weakness, we say, Lord, I want your strength. I want your power. I want your authority. Just like a commander in the army, you can't do anything without the authority of people up the line. And it's the same in the kingdom of God. We need His authority to activate, to release ourselves from jail so that we can have greater freedom and greater territory. God, I believe God wants you to have greater territory this year in the kingdom of God. He wants you to have more. He wants you to believe for more. He wants you to see more. He wants you to dream more and understand more. But sometimes we're just limited by ourselves by ourselves. And I believe today He wants to just encourage us to break out of our mindsets, break out of our little thinking, break out of our limitations of self and actually in our weakness, submit to Christ and say, Christ, I'm with you. I want your power flowing through my life. I want to be bigger. I want to achieve more. I want to see more. I want healings to flow, salvations, whatever it is. Maybe it's in business. Lord, I want to increase in business and see greater things released in my life. Nothing wrong with that. But it's in reliance on Him in our weakness that we're going to see the breakthrough. That's the key to that beautiful tasting chicken, which we haven't had in a long time. And I'm just thinking about it right now. You know, but the skin, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. There's something in the kingdom that you actually have to go and delve to find. It's not all just froth. It's not on the top that everyone can see. It's deeper stuff. It's not even gatherings like this. It's not even all the nice stuff that we have and beautiful coffee, which is part of the kingdom of God. And I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. And sometimes we have to go searching, don't we? We have to go diving, diving into Scripture, diving into the heart of God and say, wow, my weakness is, is not that bad anymore because Christ, you're being perfected in me. Your power is coming through my weakness and teaching me more about the kingdom of God, less about myself, more about Him. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let's just break that down just for one minute. There's, there's so many like adjectives or describing words here that it's almost, uh, it's almost too much. Now to him who is able to do far more, I mean that enough would be, would be enough to get the gist, wouldn't it? It says far more abundantly beyond so it's like three levels of upscaling in what he's saying here. What he's trying to impress on us is, guys, it is phenomenal what God wants to do in your life. In fact, any benchmark you can set is not enough. Any line in the sand that you can say, Lord, I want to see that for your kingdom. I want to see that for your glory. Well, Paul's saying here, go way beyond that. Go way beyond that because that's what the Father sees over you. The Father believes in you more than you believe in yourself. The Father loves you more than you can believe. And for me as well, it's one of those things that I have to remind myself. He wants to do more because His kingdom is always multiplying, always increasing. And, you know, if, if we stifle ourselves in, in Adelaide City because, you know, maybe the church puts itself in jail because we're all just doing stuff or too busy on, our, on ourselves, or, then He'll move somewhere else. He'll just pop out in Tasmania and start increasing, you know, the kingdom there because he, he flows and no one knows where he comes from or where he goes. He's like the wind, but he's always on the move and he wants to move in your life. He wants to increase his kingdom in your life today. 
So whatever your benchmark is, He wants to do far more than that. Exceedingly, abundantly more. That's what He wants. Let's stand today. I want to pray. Thank you. Just lift your hands today and I want to pray over everyone a prayer of increase, a prayer of increase. Because, you know, in this southern area, we still, in some pockets, there's still poverty mindset where we just settle for enough. We just settle for this. We settle for that. We don't break out into the new dimensions, the new realms that God wants for us of increase and more and greater thinking, creativity, ideas, innovations, and going to next level. I believe He wants to be make us into a church and create us and grow us into a church that believe for more, who want to see more. Where He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, far more than you could even believe. I mean, that's, that's big. That is really big. So Father, we just submit to You today, Lord, and we, we give You our weaknesses. Lord, we take pleasure in those times when we've been insulted, where we've been misunderstood, where we've been broken, where it's just gone chaotic in our life. Lord, we take pleasure in the fact that even though we might have stuffed up, your power is perfected in weakness. And so we submit to you today, Lord Jesus, and we rely on your power and we ask for your anointing to flow in our lives in a greater way. Lord, we thank you that you want to do far more than we can think or ask. We thank you that you are a big God. You have resources that we've never seen. And today, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would lift the lid off us. Lift the lid off our thinking. Lift the lid off any limitations, any poverty mindset, poverty thinking, or poor me, poor me, poor me. In Jesus' Name, I just break that curse off your life today. In Jesus' Name. And Lord, we ask that You would release captives today. Release captives from any poverty mindset. No more. No more. Don't listen to it. It's demonic. It's of the enemy. He wants less. He wants to tear down. God wants to bring and raise up and bring more in our lives. So Lord, we just pray for your power to be released in this place, your power to be released on our lives, on our homes. Lord, I thank you for every person here today. 